as we gather together to celebrate the Christmas season, I start reminiscing about all of the memories and the traditions that happen during Christmas time, and I bet a lot of you do the exact same thing. And so I remember how for years... I griped and put up a fight with my mom for having to help put away the Christmas decorations uh, because she decided to decorate every single room in the house, including the restrooms, which equated to like 50 totes of Christmas supplies. And I don't exaggerate when I say that. And I have these fond memories of making gingerbread houses with my cousins and us making a huge mess in the kitchen and then having to clean that huge mess in the kitchen. Um, And I love thinking about everyone wearing their pajamas on Christmas Eve and then us opening our presents and completely ignoring the parents as they tell us to put the wrapping paper in the trash bags, but instead we throw them at each other. And then there's another mess that we have to clean up. And then I think about how my mom made me and my brother match in our outfits so we could take pictures in front of the Christmas tree. And yes, how she still encourages or tells us to do that even as adults. And we even have the sister-in-law and everybody now is also dressed up in the same color uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And I really laugh every time my cousins, Rebecca and Libby down here, they take my stuffed animal snowman that I call bear and they think it's hilarious each year they plot and they get all the family involved uh, to take him from my house and they proceed to send me pictures of him where he is either begging for help because they've taken him or because he's saying that he wanted a better family because I just wasn't good enough Uh, so (laughs) it's funny I try and catch them every year I've only caught them like one time and they still were able to get him later on in the season so it's a lot of fun and I have the pictures if you want to see them as proof that they do this every year. So as we, uh, what we see happening between the week of Thanksgiving till about a week or so after New Year's is that we go into the celebratory state. Um, we are very festive during these, this two-month period of time. I would go so far as to say our joy or the joy around us is very elevated. So everything, everything's a lot brighter. It's a lot sparklier. Uh, it's a lot livelier. And in the word, it even tells us in Proverbs 17, 22, it says this, A joyful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So a joyful heart is good medicine. So we all need some Christmas cheer. A time filled with excitement, with joy, with childlike amusement. However, Christmas for some can be filled with stress, with chaos, and with sadness. So here's my question for you today. Has the day that was supposed to be about Jesus become more about us? Okay, has the day that was supposed to be about Jesus become more about us? Is Christmas this commercialized holiday for you where you put up the Christmas tree, you buy and receive the presents, you put on your ugly sweater and your Santa hat, um, but has no meaning but just to celebrate the season? So to what end do we celebrate the holidays? Um, Is it just for fun? Is it to just spend time with family and friends? Um, Is Christmas a time that you withdraw from the world? You become overwhelmed or maybe you dwell on past hurts? So either way, to those of you who are joyfully celebrating or just making it to January, 
Have you made the day that was supposed to be about Jesus about you? And I'm really hoping to stretch some of us today to keep Jesus the main focus all the time and to look at his birth for what it is and carry that joy specifically year round. Uh, So what exactly are we celebrating? Most people, even those who aren't believers, can say that Christmas is about Jesus' birth. So Christians are celebrating Jesus' birthday. Uh, But honestly, am I or are you truly acknowledging what God did in sending Jesus to be born as a man? And more importantly, remembering and giving thanks as to why Jesus was born? So this is not a suggestion to like stop having fun. We're still going to keep having fun. And this is not me trying to be insensitive of those of you who maybe struggled during the holidays. But this is a message of hope that his birth goes far beyond a baby and equates to us having worth. So what we're going to do first is we're going to look at his birth. Um, And so I have been very, very intrigued by Jesus's birth and really uh, birth in general. So as many of you know, uh, my brother's expecting his first child. So I'm going to be an auntie. Yay. So Bianca over there looking all cute. My sister-in-law is due in exactly three weeks from today. So we are like in baby mode, very, very excited. I'm like on the phone, like ready. If I get a text from her, I'm like, is this it? Are we going? I'm going to be ready. Uh, So I think I'm very excited as you can see and I think like wow God truly did something special in choosing to debut Jesus in the tangible form of a baby Uh, for what greater gift is there than one surrounded by love I mean that's why we love marriages and births so much because there's no um, greater moment than those spent with those people we love surrounded by love and Jesus's birth is a moment Well, probably a little bit more than a moment for Mary, but a moment of profound significance for us. So let's look at what the word birth actually means. Uh, The word birth has two um, primary definitions. Uh, You're probably very familiar with the first one. So the first is the act or process of bringing forth young from the womb. I haven't done this yet, but props to those of you that have given birth from your womb. Um, Jacob was like, that was too much that they taught me in the birthing class. I was like, sorry, brother. Uh, So there's our definition number one. And then the second definition is the beginning or the start to give rise to something. The beginning or the start or give rise to something. So we're going to look at the actual birth of Jesus here. We're going to look in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And I'm going to be reading from the ESV version. So now... The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So in this scripture, we literally see the birth of Jesus, him coming from Mary's womb. Uh, But what we also see is the beginning, the start um, of the birth of Jesus, excuse me, from Jesus's birth to redeeming us. So here we see the start, the birth of Jesus's journey to redeeming us. So looking specifically at verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he, emphasis here, for he will save his people from their sins. So the the birth is so important, but we have to look beyond the birth itself. Here we see that the birth is a starting point, a jumping point into why. Why did God send his son, a third of the Trinity, to earth to be born of a righteous, yet sinful like all of us, young girl? And simply put, to save us. And we see in Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it's not enough to look at the manger scene and acknowledge that yes, Jesus was in fact born. And yes, the Holy Spirit is pretty spectacular in placing Jesus in Mary's womb, but that God had a bigger plan than just bringing a precious little one into the world. It was not just to show his incredible power to do anything, which he can, but to showcase his grace and his love for us. So Jesus's birth happened so he could die. Jesus's birth happened so he could die. His first, his birth is the first step to his death. Without the birth, there is no salvation. So in celebrating and remembering Jesus's birth, we celebrate and we remember that God sent him to die, to die on the cross, for our sins, and give us access to personal relationship with him. So you cannot see the manger scene without seeing the cross, and without seeing the empty tomb, and without seeing him ascend back to heaven. They all go together. You can't just see a girl riding on a donkey to Bethlehem, and you can't just see baby Jesus wrapped in cloth with the animals around him, and you can't just see the wise men bringing the gifts And you cannot just see the angels and the shepherds praising him. You have to see all of it. You have to see him being fully man and fully God. See him growing up. See him lingering at the temple. See him feeding the thousands, healing the sick, teaching over and over again. See him taking the cup and the bread at Passover. You have to see him crying out to God in the garden taking the beating and the humiliation that should have been ours, breathing his last breath on the cross, showing the scars in his hands and his feet and his side. It's an all-encompassing story of God loving us despite our absolute sinful nature. A king sent down to be an innocent baby, sent to us to serve, sent to us to teach, sent to us to suffer, sent to us as a sacrifice. We look at the manger scene and we have that like awe moment, the one that I'm hoping to have soon with the little one. 
But God's story of redeeming and sanctifying us is very intense. It includes a story that goes back generations all the way to the beginning of creation of God choosing to show us mercy and compassion. Everything intertwining perfectly to give us an opportunity to spend eternity with him. And I love 1 John 5, 11 through 12. And this is what it says. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Very, very clear. God equals life. And I don't get it. I don't get how the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. I kind of don't even understand like how Bianca's carrying a baby. I don't get it, okay? Uh, But I believe it. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful that um, we'll have a new baby as my family, but I'm so grateful that Mary delivered the king. She had him. And his birth, his birth represents life. But it's not just the life of Jesus. It's the actual life that he gives us, which is exciting. Um, Jesus should not just be another tradition at Christmas time. The traditions are great, but he shouldn't just be, we put our Santa hat on and we put our ugly sweater on and we go to the party. Um, But he should be looked at as the rich story of who he is and who I am because of him. So uh, there are two things that struck me the most this year from his birth. Uh, So the first one is this, that the Holy Spirit was working in Mary's life and continually works in ours. So we see in Luke 1, the birth story develop more. So the angel comes to Mary and explains to her what's happening. And she asks the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answers her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And the angel goes on to say, for nothing will be impossible with God. So right here, we see the Trinity working. God the Father orchestrating Jesus' birth to showcase his love for us. We see the Holy Spirit working in Mary's life to impregnate her. And we see Jesus coming as a tangible entity. And to me, it's extraordinary. And it goes, go, we go forward and we see in John 14, 15 through 16, that Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And that helper is the Holy Spirit, who was not just reserved for Mary, but for all of us. And the Holy Spirit is available to me and is available to you, that internal voice that leads and guides us. And I know that wherever you are, during this holiday season, that the Holy Spirit can work in your life. And I know that not just because the word tells me, but because I've seen it in my own life. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that my family and I are walking through the fight against cancer that my mom is going through again. Um, There can and has been uncertainty, fear, massive heartbreak that her cancer has returned. But my reliance on the Holy Spirit has replaced uncertainty, fear, and heartbreak with peace, with courage, and with resilience. And I know it's done the same for her as well. And the Holy Spirit renews my mind that cancer doesn't have the final say. 
God has the final say. And God says that he will walk beside us even if there's cancer. He's still going to be there. And I know that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in whatever you need. If you are in right standing with him, if you rely on him, he's going to do the same as he's done for my family um, during this time. So then the second thing that I see here, um, after we see that the Holy Spirit is working, is that Mary is a woman to imitate. She was righteous, obedient, and submitted to God's will, even though, even though she was going to experience difficulties along the way, just like we're going to. When Mary um, interacts with the angel in Luke 138, her response to the news of her motherhood is this. She says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I am the servant of the Lord. Can we all take a note here from Mary to be servants of the Lord? Submitting to his will sooner rather than later? Because how many of us would have debated with the angel? Or asked him if he could have done it just a little bit differently. <laughs> Poor Mary. Mary obeyed and followed God's instructions as exactly as they were presented. She continued to serve God even while experiencing troubles. Probably those side glances from people that were like, mm, Are you telling me you didn't sleep with Joseph? Um, to the horribleness of watching her son die on the cross. Okay, this woman was amazing, but she was a fighter too. She went through stuff. So I want us to be righteous women, seeking God's will, being obedient to his commands, even especially through the struggles. So now that we've looked at his birth, oh, which is just so beautiful. Okay, we now get to look at the worth that his birth brings us. So when we look at the word worth, it means the value of something measured by its qualities or by the esteem which is held, moral or personal value. We place value on different people, places, and items, whether we should or not. (laughs) For me, I think it's worth it um, to spend money and take time off of work to go to Disney World. Come on, my Disney fans in the house. But (laughs) I do not think it's worth money, and I'm not going to get time off work to go to the Smoky Mountains like my mom had suggested. No, no, no. Okay, so I have placed more worth on Disney characters than I have on hiking and camping, because that's not for me. Okay? It's just not. I'm not going to have fun. We're not going to do that. Um, So, (laughs) well... God has placed value on our life. We matter to him. Our souls matter and the life we live matters. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And it says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. On our own, we are struggling in the worth department. Sorry to tell you that. Uh, because we, have a, we, do, we do a lot of messed up stuff and we struggle a lot. Um, but in God, we are given worth. We, we really haven't done anything worthy to deserve what God did or does for us. But he cares for us anyways. Um, and that to me shows the true measure of his love for us. So big statement here. He did not die because of our worth, but to give us worth, okay? He did not die because of our worth, but to give us worth. 
Jesus's birth um, led to his death and his resurrection, which opened up access to relationship with him and eternity in heaven. So our worth comes from him. He has qualified us. And we see in Romans 10, 9 through 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. We are not worthy of entering heaven if we have not confessed and believed. Now, from salvation, we add value to the kingdom by bringing God glory and doing the works he has set before us. And we know already that we put worth into what is important to us. Um, We should be putting worth into uh, maintaining, growing, and nurturing our relationship with God. Of loving him and of loving other people. And um, Colossians 1, 10 through 14 says it all. I don't have to say anything else about it. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, thankfully, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God finds us worthy enough to partake in service to him, to help others, to care for others, to serve others, to teach others about him. I want you to be encouraged today that you have worth in God that you are valuable. We can be very critical of ourselves, and we definitely know that other people can be very critical of us. Don't fall into the mindset of thinking you aren't pretty enough, smart enough, talented enough, desired enough, successful enough, worthy enough, because it's just not true. Nothing, nothing from your past, none of your own thoughts or the words of others, stand stronger than the worth God gives you as his child. Nothing, nothing stands stronger than the worth God gives you as his child. And I'm really disheartened to hear people say, I'm physically sick, I must not matter to God. I have no money, I must not matter to God. I don't have the job I want, I must not matter to God. My husband and I fight all the time. I must not matter to God. I'm lacking in this area. I must not matter to God. It's not true. It's not true. Your worth does not come from these tangible, worldly things that we humans place value on. Maybe, maybe you could improve your attitude. Or maybe you need to stop a particular action. But you, as a person, have value. Maybe you are in a season of waiting, but you, as a person, have value. And maybe you are overcoming a hurt, but you, as a person, still have value. My worth does not come from my job of being a high school teacher. It doesn't come from the ability to public speak. It doesn't come from any of my friends or my family members. It doesn't come from my personality. It doesn't come from being the women's director. My worth comes from Christ alone, the end. Everything I do 
is in service of him who calls me worthy, not to gain worth. Everything I do is in service of him who calls me worthy, not to gain worth. This season, we celebrate his birth, but it's his death, resurrection, and the worth that he gave us that we should be acknowledging. We can honor God during this time by worshiping him sincerely with gratitude that he would send Jesus down here for us. So when we are in this celebratory state, uh, this celebratory season, we have to find quiet time in the midst of the parties and the shopping and the cooking and even spending time with family to be with the one. It's honoring to him and what he did for us, and it's vital for your connection and your relationship with him. So may each of us have a renewed joy in the birth of Jesus and the worth that was given to us. Lord, Father, I just ask you that you renew our minds and you renew our hearts of what this season is actually about. Do we know if the 25th is really your birthday? No. And it doesn't matter. It matters that you came. It matters that you love us. It matters the why. And I thank you, Lord, that it wasn't just to show your power. It was to show your love for us. And that your birth led all the way down to the cross and led to my salvation. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I ask you that we have a renewed understanding of our worth. That our worth comes from you being your children, and I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for the love that you give us, and I honor you, Jesus, right now. We praise you, Lord.